0: He has his say, you can have yours. Text us or call us and join the conversation. This is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe, brought to you by WVU Medicine. Walking in the sunshine, sing a little sunshine song. But not today. Put a smile upon your face as if there's nothing wrong. Cause it's raining
1: today.
0: You worries and your woes, walking in the sunshine, saying a little sunshine song.
1: You know what I always say as we open up the nine o'clock hour with this song—that uh, we want to bring sunshine into your life, but we can't guarantee you we're going to bring it into your skies. And it's not going to be uh, very sunny today. Rainy and windy. Uh, we have a wind advisory in effect. Gusts could be as high as almost fifty to uh, fifty miles an hour during the day today. Daytime high fifty or so, but that will come in. Probably after dark, actually, midday be in the mid 40s for our highs during the day today, and then the rain, which has been coming down, uh, I say hot and heavy. It's not hot; it's cold and heavy. Um, we'll be turning into snow showers perhaps tomorrow and throughout the rest of the week. So it's going to be kind of a just a fresh day. today. Uh, Nine ten in the morning here on the Watchdog Morning Show. We. Uh, <laughs> but- We both realized at the same time in the last hour, Bob, we were just chattering on. We both looked at the clock and said, oh, wait a minute, we're we're out of time for the 8 o'clock hour. Um, We were talking about Mary Lou Retton, and I don't know that there's anything else I wanted to make, any other point I wanted to make, except that it calls to mind, I think, a need for each of us to pay attention when we see someone asking for a GoFundMe campaign. To sort of think through, and you know, why is it there, and is it necessary, and do you put money into it? Um, And I think, I, I think, as you said, Bob, there needs to be some kind of a an audit done for these things to make sure that the money, if you're raising money for medical expenses, they go to
2: medical expenses. Because half a million dollars is a lot of money, Howard. I mean, gee whiz, that'd make you maybe change the way you thought about something like that. I mean, I I know I'd probably go berserk if somebody if I suddenly looked at my bank account and there's a Half a million
1: dollars in there? Yeah, and I, I'm not, again, I'm not suggesting Mary Lou Retton or her, her daughters did anything wrong. I just think it's one of those things. I can tell you there have been local occasions for GoFundMe campaigns where I was this close to writing the figurative check. I was this close to pushing the button and making it. And I thought, wait a minute. I, I'm not sure that I want to do this. You know, there's a lot of money coming in elsewhere for these folks and so on. And it just it makes me stop and pause. And I think two things there ought to be some external check on these gofundme campaigns and secondly each of us need to be a little more careful i think you know we're, we we all are well most of us are loving caring people right first thing we say is oh well let's let's give money to a gofundme campaign but
2: do you think there were two stories that uh, the Today Show was looking for? How are you? How is your health? And by the way, what are you going to do with all that money? Yeah, I
1: didn't hear much talk about the money, though. That's uh, on the Today Show interview yesterday uh, from the Frio Stack Ox Service text line on Mary Lou Retton. If Mary Lou Retton has health insurance now, it's not going to pay for procedures and things that have already been done. That's probably true, so that uh, some of that money will go for the procedures that were already done. I still don't understand how if she didn't have health insurance, when this whole thing started, because she wasn't, the story at the time was she didn't have income coming in. She didn't have any more income coming in while she's been sick. So how does she get health insurance? I mean, that to me is a question. Um, but absolutely, uh, if she does have health insurance, how she got it, it won't pay for. It won't pay retroactively. I wouldn't think so. Uh, and it, right here is exactly what I'm talking about. By the way, uh, Frio Stack Auction Service Text Line. Hey Howard, we're going to Florida the end of this month. Can one of you guys set up a GoFundMe page to help me out? That's that's what I always worry about. You know, somebody puts up these GoFundMe things. Next thing I know, I see them at Disney World. You know, it just worries me. Again, none of this is meant to be in any way derogatory to Mary Lou Retton or to her uh, daughters. It just raises the question because of them. Nine thirteen here on the Watchdog Morning Show. Well, the legislature gets into session this week. Uh, the governor gives his State of the State speech tomorrow night, and then the Uh, legislature the house and the senate will begin to tackle a variety of issues some of which the governor may put forward some of which they'll ignore i suppose but there is an issue that has been sitting around here in west virginia for the last year or so that bugs me and we have talked a lot about it on this show uh, and that's the issue of child care and the number of families that would be dramatically benefited by child care when the child care tax credit was in effect under the federal program last year a couple years ago i lose track of time uh, we actually saw people coming out of poverty because they had a way to to get jobs because of child care Um, but now that's all gone however uh, state senator mike wolfield is proposing a child care tax credit for working families uh, that will hopefully be introduced this year senator good morning thank you for joining us i appreciate it um this is a pretty big deal this whole deal of child care
3: yeah, thanks for having me on. Um, I appreciate uh, appreciate your show and uh, the opportunity to speak speak a little bit about this. First, let me report that we uh, we miss Bill Elenfeld quite a bit. Uh, he was a member <laughs> of our, our our small caucus. We have a caucus uh, of three in the in the uh, on the Democrat side. What we call the super minority. We do miss Bill. He was a very effective, loud voice for um, good and uh, you know I'm sure he's doing good things there as, with the uh, US, as being the US attorney
1: yeah he listen he does a great job as US attorney and I'm glad he's in that position but I speak as a I, I, I miss him in, in the, the state Senate as well I thought he was a um, he, he was a, a compromise isn't the right word but he was able to make his points and kind of bring people around to his way of thinking sometimes
3: very often he did that and it was in a low key uh way that uh was was effective um so on child care it occurred it occurred to me that uh, a couple things number one we've done a lot uh for our high income earners uh by lowering the income tax um i supported that so that that was okay it, it was done in a limited way and uh, I supported it mainly because it gave relief to people. Uh, part of that bill gave relief to people on their vehicle taxes, uh, you know, the rebate plan, where if you go pay your, your the personal property tax on your truck, you get that money refunded by the state. So that balance uh, caused me to support that bill. But it occurs to me, um, child poverty in West Virginia is 25 uh, percent and rising number one uh number two we are 49th uh in workforce participation and we've been 49th 48 50th forever so the child care tax credit bill that i've that i've drafted and has been uh, is ready to go uh tomorrow to be introduced uh will if it if it if it gains steam um will will uh give a credit to people to reimburse part of what they paid in childcare. It's not a giveaway. It's sort of a hand up to folks that have spent the money and get a refund at the end of the year. Um, Is sort of the concept that, that I've come up with. And um, it, it just occurred to me that if, if somebody wants to get out in the workforce, they want to go to beauty school. They want to go into an apprenticeship program they want to just work they want to be they want to go to community college they want to go to college uh that child care young children being at home costs more than the job's pay so exactly. we're, we're 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 coming up with a way um that would uh not break the bank and the reason i use that term is we're going to cut it off around 60,000 in terms of income so if you're making a 100 grand i'm sorry we can't afford to help you at the moment um if you're making Fifty grand. It starts with basically twenty-five thousand or twenty thousand. Those earners could get as much as fifty percent of a refund of the money they're actually out of pocket for the year. So it's a it's we're attacking. I'm attacking this with a scalpel, not a shotgun. In other words, oh, it's it's a windfall to everybody, including the well-to-do people. No, it's targeted on this group that are fighting to get out of poverty, and uh, you know I think it's a pretty good idea. But we'll see. We'll see what the the majority party thinks
1: of it. You know, Senator, one of the problems I see all the time as I talk about this need for this concern over child care is that if you don't have a problem with child care, you don't know there's a problem with child care. You know, I have been fortunate enough uh, when my kids were kids, my parents were the child care, right? Uh, For my grandkids, my wife and I are the child care. So, you know, I mean, I see it because of my job, but but if you don't, so it's just, well, why, you know, just have have your grandparents take care of it or have your neighbors take care of it, but the reality is that there are an awful lot of folks, it's a serious problem for a lot of folks who don't have that built-in child care.
3: Well, compounding that, uh, and your point is well taken, Howard, but compounding that is the fact that West Virginia is number four in what are called child care deserts, Mm -hmm. meaning that many... You know, many areas of the state have uh, no, ch- no safe child care options. Um, they just aren't there. There are subsidies that flow through the federal government, and uh, there's some matching money from state government. So those subsidies are available uh, if you qualify, you know, income-wise. But 81% of the people that qualify don't have a slot to put the child in. In other words, there's not a safe option for child care. So the last thing I'll mention is that in 2014, uh, those subsidies were – child care was basically funded or subsidized by the state government at $13 million. This current year, we're funding $4 million. So wow. to me, we need to, go, we need to go in the other direction on that. And again, not a big giveaway. It's, a, it's, a, it's not a hand out. It's a hand up, to use those cliches. Uh, but but it's just it's time for us to do this. Other states are doing it, and you know let's let's help the people that can't wait to go to work at, you know up in your up in your neck of the woods. That you know all the economic development that I hear about. These folks have to be able to get out and get to work or get into the apprenticeship training that will qualify them for those good jobs.
1: You know, Senator, I think it's important that we take note of the fact that we know we know that. If we can deal with the child care issue, it works. It helps lift people out of poverty. We saw it happen uh, during the post-pandemic uh, years when, we, when the federal government put some money into child care and child care tax credits. And we saw people being raised out of poverty because with uh, the ability to get child care, they then were able to get a job. And, and so we know it works.
3: Um, can I throw a different little, uh, wrinkle at you here on the death penalty? Sure. <laughs> you, you know, we, we've got two senators, including the Senate president that they are advocating for the return of the death penalty in West Virginia. Right. Right.
1: right. Senator Stewart, I think also, right?
3: Yes. Yeah, Stewart. And, and, uh, and then our president, Craig Blair, um, you know, I, am an old altar boy and, uh, uh, and you know, I'm pro-life and, uh, I don't know how you can be pro-life and pro-death. Um, and and uh, I, this old eye for an eye thing uh, from the Old Testament, uh, which is what the death penalty really stands for, um, not really the direction we ought to go as a state. That, that is, um, I don't know, it's just something that, that all the mistakes that are made when people, I'm an old prosecutor too, people that have been convicted and later exonerated and like, oh, let's let him out of prison. No, we killed him.
1: Yeah. Well, oops we we discovered he's 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 innocent but uh too late yeah absolutely no well I'm a my as, as I think you just said you you sergeant my my uh opposition to the death penalty is actually religious vengeance is mine saith the Lord uh, I just don't think that that's up to us to take people's lives period sentence over I, I I just think it's it's wrong and um doesn't mean that we don't get tough on crime I just think that the death penalty goes. Uh, goes a bit too far. But Senator, what's your sense of what... I mean, right now we heard from Craig Blair first. Mike Stewart added his voice this week. I suspect there probably are a number of senators and uh, and uh, delegates, too, who will like this idea. What's your sense of where this might go?
3: Well, um, of course, the first thing the politician will do in answering that is to make this about me. So let me say that... Uh, <laughs> I uh, I gave I gave a pretty good floor speech last year right right at the beginning of the session about Elmer Bruner um, uh, who was the last man executed. Mm-hmm. Uh, my the the my mentor in the prosecutor's office here in Cabell had had prosecuted Bruner, and uh, I was uh, privy to a lot of details about how his case was handled, and uh, and Mr. Bruner was denied a lawyer even though his family hired one and. They took him over to the bedside of, with the lady laying on the bed and prayed for, prayed for the perpetrator and all kinds of bizarre things happened in that case. And then he was put to death. So, um, that, that and, and, and a few other examples that I was familiar with, uh, seemed to deter, um, you know, deter further action on the death penalty last year. Uh, I don't have a crystal ball to know this year, but, you know, for example, with President Blair. If you have a kid in uh, in Weir High School, and he's got a pill that he sells to his buddy uh, that has fentanyl in it, uh, Craig Blair, President Blair's uh, bill would put that child to death. And uh, you tell me there aren't prosecutors out there that would uh, that would feather their own nest in terms of their political um, you know ambitions by not prosecuting death cases. So. Um, once you open the door to the death penalty, my God, I mean, it's just, uh, again, it's it's the if we want to get religious, as you mentioned earlier, uh, my Catholic faith tells me you're either pro-life or you're not, and this is a pro-death bill that uh, leaves it up to people uh, to decide who dies and who lives.
1: Yeah, I, I, I um, and and the, the, West, the bills have been introduced almost every year for a lot of years, um, but this year I, I have a sense there may be more support for it. So I hope saner voices like yours get heard and um, and 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 paid attention to because I think this is going to be. And it, look, nobody likes fentanyl. Nobody likes the death that comes from it. Nobody likes drug dealers who push that kind of stuff. Um, but the, the idea that the the solution is to kill them. Is I just think uh, is is too far. It's too too far beyond the pale uh, for me. Real quick, uh, Senator, uh, is there anything else you think is going to be a big issue? I think that that this death penalty thing will be a big issue. I hope child care becomes one. Do you think anything else will be a big issue with in the session this year?
3: Well, I I decided. Um, you know, I, I I've been in the Senate since twenty fifteen. Uh, always been in the minority, um, and. It occurred to me that foster care uh, needed attention, and my particular professional background, we won't go into that, but it leads me to have some expertise in foster care. So with some help from some really smart people, I believe I have 10 foster care bills that are good, bipartisan, and ready to go where we can start to um, make that. I mean, our foster care system is uh, – it's just the worst in the country, I mean, statistically and otherwise, and, and anecdotally. So uh, I believe we're going to start to really take a crack at that um, one bill at a time. And I think the House, the members of the House have worked uh, over the over the summer and through the fall to come up with uh, bills on guardians at litem and how we can make that system work better. Um, so I'm very excited because, again, we we've taken care of certain elements of our state, and now, the most vulnerable, the, the children in foster care who do not have lobbyists, um, will be, uh, you know, I believe we can help them. Uh, the, let me just jump back for a minute. Your Bishop of Wheeling, Charleston, uh, that I'm a big fan of, he'll be heard on that death penalty. I'll bet he's going to be heard on foster care and child care, too. Yeah. Uh, he strikes me the little bit I know uh, him uh, that. Uh, some of these important social issues will will be um, spoken about in, yeah. in an effective way.
1: Yeah, Bishop Brennan does not shy from, uh, you know, making his point known on some of these things from, a, from his theological point of view, and I think, I hope people listen to him. Senator, I have to move on. I thank you for your time. If you don't mind, I'd like to touch base with you from time to time during the session, see how things are going, if that's okay.
3: I would love that. You guys have my cell. Call me anytime, and... Uh, hey, if I need some articulate help on some of these arguments. Can I call on you?
1: Feel feel free to give me a call, sir. I'll be happy to help. I'll do it. Yeah, all right.
3: Thank I, you.
1: I enjoyed the conversation. Thanks a lot. It's 9 28 after the hour. That was State Senator Mike Wolffield. I don't think we ever talked to him before. He's nice. I'm I'm impressed with him.
2: I am, uh, but again, I mean, I think you could debate back and forth. I mean, uh, eye for an eye, or how about live by the sword, die by the sword? I, I, I tend, I'm not the most religious guy, Howard, but a couple of those passages, I pay attention to what it says. Yeah, see, Jesus. Jesus came to change
1: the uh, the law a little bit from the Old Testament to the New Testament, but I don't want to to, to quote our good friend Reverend uh, Cummings. I don't want to go all preacher on you. So let's just say it's 928 here on the Watchdog Morning Show.
4: Motto Mortgage Valor is a locally
5: owned and operated mortgage brokerage where they can shop your loan to multiple lenders with just one credit pull. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or a real estate investor looking to expand your portfolio,
0: they have you covered. Connected to a large network of lenders and a vast selection of loan products, they
5: can match your unique needs and qualifications with the perfect loan options available. Unlike banks and retail lenders, they have access to an expansive menu of loan products and credit scenarios to
4: help a wider range of borrowers and investors. Motto Mortgage Valor, offering you more loan products than anyone in the area. Call 304-905-8525.
2: Let's-a-go to Super Nailer's World, Saturday, January 13th, for a fun night of hockey and retro thrills. Let loose in the free video game arcade. Immerse yourself in a hat giveaway and mystery box prizes hidden in the arena. Ready your engines for our nailer cart intermission race. Enjoy old school drink specials and a specialty-themed jersey. You'll be screaming, Mama Mia, during Super Nailer's World, January 13th, game time 710. Get tickets now. Call 304-234-GOAL or go to wheelingnailers.com.
5: Good Tuesday morning everyone I'm Taylor long with your seven news headlines on this January the 9th across the mountain state in anticipation of severe weather today Governor Justice has declared a state of preparedness for all 55 counties in West Virginia. The National Weather Service warns of high winds winter weather and potential flooding. The weather system will bring mainly rain with possible slick conditions in the mountains due to a wintry mix turning into heavy rain. Power outages are also possible. The state of preparedness enables the West Virginia Emergency Management Division to respond quickly to emergencies. Be sure to stay with WTRF for all the latest weather updates. Staying in West Virginia, Governor Justice will declare his eighth and final state of the state address to a joint session of the West Virginia Legislature in the House of Delegates Chamber. The state of the state address is tomorrow at 7 p.m. We will be live streaming the address on our website, WTRF.com seven news is your local election headquarters. The 2024 campaign season in West Virginia has officially begun with Monday marking the first day for candidates to file for office and they are really lining up at the Capitol. Dozens of candidates from various parties running for a variety of offices in the Mountain State came to the Secretary of State's office to make it official and pay their filing fees. While they had pre-filed, yesterday was the first date across the state that you could make it official. Despite their partisan differences, they all have one thing in common, their desire to serve West Virginia. Candidates are able to file at the Secretary of State's office in Charleston and at satellite offices across the state until midnight on Saturday, January 27th. And the hearings to determine if Payton City and Payton City Municipal Water Works are classified as a distressed or failing utility have been postponed to January 29th. It was originally set up for Thursday. The Public Service Commission of West Virginia found the city provided inadequate notice to customers and did not comply with state law in its public notification about the hearings. The commission will be holding a comment hearing at 530 and the evidentiary hearing is at 130. That was a look at your headlines. Have a terrific Tuesday. I'm Taylor Long, working for you.
1: Get big savings on your bathroom update at Menards. We have everything you need to create the bathroom of your dreams with Sterling Tubs and Showers that fit your style and your budget. Like the Sterling Ensemble Medley Tub and Shower. Its tongue and groove interlocking joints form a seamless appearance and make installation quick and easy. Its durable high-gloss finish provides lasting beauty. Get yours today for $699.99. Big buys, big savings. Right now at Menards. Price is good through January 14th.
4: Save big money at Menards.
1: Whether you're a flooring professional or a DIYer, the Flooring Center is here to help. Offering over 50 brands of the best carpet, vinyl, ceramic tile, hardwood, and laminate, the Flooring Center in Wheeling has all of your answers. With generations of experience, their flooring professionals offer full design and drafting on-site for your convenience. Competitive prices on material and installation allows them to work with any budget. So stop in today. The Flooring Center in Wheeling. Better Floors. Better prices.
0: Live from the Robinson Auto Group studios in the heart of the Ohio Valley, this is the Watchdog Morning Show with Howard Monroe.
1: 9:33, 27 to the hour. It is a rainy and windy day today, and the rain's coming down pretty good. The wind is going to gust as high as 50 miles an hour throughout the day today. Uh, it's going to warm up. We'll be close to 50, but that will not come till after dark. Uh, according to Adam Fike at the Big 7. We'll look at probably the mid-40s for the midday time today. 36 right now. It's cold. 36 at the Wheeling, Ohio County Airport. 34 at the Highlands. 37 in Elm Grove. And 35 here at the Robinson Auto Group Studios downtown Wheeling in the heart of the Ohio Valley. Ohio County Delegate Sean Flewardy is here with us. He just came back from a much warmer climb. You were down in Florida, sir.
4: Yes, yes, uh, but it was, uh, it was all work, all work in Florida, but it was much much warmer, I should say.
1: Oh, come on, all work. Come on, Sean, I know you better than that. <laughs> <laughs>
4: it was also my birthday weekend, Howard.
1: Oh, okay, I got it. No more No no more needs to be said. You were presiding over a conference uh, of um, legislators involved with uh, gaming, right?
4: Yes, I was recently named the president of a group called the National Council of Legislators from Gaming States, which is a bipartisan organization comprised of legislators throughout the country and we, we meet twice a year. We have a summer meeting and a winter meeting and at those meetings we discuss legislation related to gaming. As you know, Howard, I led the front in West Virginia for sports betting and iGaming, resulting in hundreds of millions of dollars of new revenue for the state and because of that, I kind of uh, made a name for myself and, and I'm, I'm proud to say that I've been named the president of this organization and get to represent West Virginia on a national scale.
2: I think I think you did
1: that, was it your first year You're in office, right?
4: I introduced oh, my first, first term, term in office. Up, yeah, I introduced it my first term. Um, there was some litigation going through the courts on the sports betting side of things. Uh, Governor Chris Christie of New Jersey was leading opposition to uh, a law called PASPA, which was overturned by the U.S. Supreme Court. In fact, we actually passed our legislation in West Virginia prior to. In, in, our, in our legislation, so we said, "Hey, look, if the Supreme Court acts as we think they will, we're going to get up and running right away." And sure enough, they did. And here we are today with you know a thriving gaming uh, economy here in West Virginia that many states are still yet to be up and running in, and I'm very proud of that.
1: Are, uh, as the new session gets underway, is there anything related to gaming you think needs to be dealt with?
4: I do think we need some stronger player protection laws, uh, and I discussed that recently with the newspapers that, you know, when we first passed sports betting and non-gaming, we didn't realize, one, the amount of advertising that would take place, and two, that you know you have a lot of people who, and we should have seen this with politics, that have a lot of vitriol. And if you're a threatening a college athlete and threatening players because you lose a bet and things of that nature, you shouldn't be allowed to bet. <laughs> so And that's something we're seeing in many states. In fact, our neighbor Ohio passed a recent law related to that but it really has no teeth if they can just cross the border and do it in West Virginia
1: is is that happening i mean there are yep. there are people who are threatening players because they because the the other person lost a bet
4: Oh, absolutely! It happens on a regular—I mean, I wouldn't say a regular basis—but it happens quite frequently. Hey, look, our society right now—we love to be quick to jump online and say things we would probably never say to someone's face. I get it all the time online, as does every other elected official, and you can imagine someone in sports is certainly facing that. And all we're doing is just giving a tool to our regulators to say, "Hey, look, you don't have a right to place a bet. This is something that you should." you can do for fun and entertainment but you can lose that if you don't act accordingly
2: sean you were just down in florida uh, dog racing used to be huge in florida it's dead in yeah. florida now uh the, the 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 gaming the casino is all tied into that live track do you see greyhound racing holding on and what do you think is going to happen if the track shuts down no more dog racing
4: I think it does. If you look at the revenue numbers now, we're at the peak, the highest it's ever been, in large part because places like Florida have shut down. And so we're the only show in town at this point. And for revenue purposes for the state of West Virginia, that's a good thing. I don't see it going anywhere in the near term. Obviously, we have opposition groups every year in the legislature that, that I've been fighting for years, and they've been coming at us unsuccessfully. But I think... Our legislators, especially our local legislators, understand the importance of it here for the Ohio Valley, and we've been fighting them off for years. I-, I-, I do think there's been a push nationally, and they've been successful in other areas. But given the fact that we our revenue numbers are so high, and I think the facts are coming out here. You know, we had we recently had interim session here in Wheeling, and legislators were actually able to go visit some of the kennels. And the report back was, wow, this is phenomenal. Like, these dogs are treated well. And the kind of sensationalism that comes out from these opposition groups, and they realize once they see it, it's just a pony show. It's not not real facts.
1: Sean, um, let's shift gears out of gaming and talk about what else you think might be coming up in in this session, either that you have a personal interest in, or what do you think uh, some of your fellow delegates and senators are going to be dealing with this uh, in the session?
4: The hot button issues? Yep. Overall, well, look, I, I think we have a CPS in, in child care issue in this state. Uh, when it comes to our CPS enforcement, we have an issue. We have a lack of funding. And if you look at reports uh, of the CPS, uh, it's just under underperforming and for a multitude of reasons. And we also have a child care. I mean, we want to incentivize people having children. As we know, a lot of people are, are deciding not to, especially my generation. And a lot of it's because it's so expensive. We need to incentivize families, uh, being able to uh, raise a family here in West Virginia. We talk about all the time, but what happens is people leave the state and we're declining population. And I also want to push again Rayleigh's Law. Howard, as you know, I recently was on uh, John Oliver's show on HBO about this piece of legislation which would strengthen our child protection laws when it comes to schooling. At homeschooling in particular, and it's something that there's opposition to, which blows my mind at well, it, this point. This
1: really, when I was reading about this, and 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 then saw some of what you you said on Stewart show, it amazes me that this there's argument over this. Rayleigh's law basically says you can't be homeschooled by a child abuser. I mean, isn't that kind of – that's the essence of it, right?
4: That's the gist of it. Poor Rayleigh Browning, a kindergartner, was taken out of public school by her abusive father. She was tortured for weeks upon weeks, and she ended up dead. And there was a loophole in the law that says, I can come take somebody out of public school and homeschool them, even if there's a pending report for CPS or even a police report investigation, Okay. Public schools have mandatory reporting. Her teacher who reached out to me on this issue, look, this is not something that happened in Wheeling. But she reached out to me because she felt like she could speak to me and I'd be a good legislator to lead on this. She reached out to me and said, hey, look, this happened. I made the report. It was pending at the time. The the investigation took a while, and, and, and she ended up dead. And it's a tragedy. It's a horrific tragedy. It's an easy loophole to close, though. So what happens, I introduce the legislation, I bring it forward, it sits in education committee. It turns out the chair of the education committee is very pro-homeschool. And the homeschool groups came out against this, which is ridiculous on its face. But they did. Th-
1: that's what I would and they assume. Will not, this, yes. the opposition is because homeschooling is a is a hot button issue in itself right now in the legislature. In the last, few, last several years, more and more efforts are being made to shift to homeschooling. And um, so you're you're sort of I put well, this in air quotes. You're attacking the home school system when you say I don't want a child abuser uh, being able to school a child. Well, that
4: that's crazy to me. But that's, that's crazy. crazy. It's absolutely crazy. If I said. I mean, if we were having child abusers in our public schools, there would be an outcry. So why don't we have a similar outcry if it's happening in our homeschool? That's a good point. <laughs> if, it's a good point. If if uh, Mrs.
1: Jones or Mr. Jones or whoever uh, he, he would, was discovered to be a child abuser, there would be an outcry. My God, Jack, he can't be teaching fifth grade. My God, we have to. Th- th- yeah. right. and, and yet yeah. And yet, uh, because it's homeschooling. Somehow it's it's okay, and I guess that's I I don't
4: know, but you as I mentioned before, there's so there's mandatory reporting in public school, right? So if a teacher suspects there's abuse going on in a home, they're a mandatory reporter. They they are given that order. Hey, report this. Homeschooling, there's no mandatory reporting. So not only can you take a child out of school, there's no mandatory reporting if there are multiple you know homeschool teachers. In this, um, whether it's a, I guess, micro school or homeschool, everyone calls it these days. We have so many of them. It, there's no mandatory reporting, so there's this cloak of, uh, of just you can hide things. And
1: so I, I just I don't want to I don't want to be uh, funny about this because it's a really serious issue. But you know I'm just picturing be if there was mandatory reporting, the abuser would have to report himself.
4: Yeah, exactly.
6: I mean,
1: that's... And, and, and
4: so. <laughs> Why aren't we doing everything in our power to make sure we have checks and balances in place before we get to that point? And that's where Rayleighs all comes into play because poor Rayleigh Browning was taken from school, at, from a public school by her father. She was homeschooled with the father and relatives. All three of them. Here's here's how sick and and why I'm so you know I don't want to cuss on the air, but why I'm so ticked off <laughs> about our legislature on things. She was found dead. Three of her family members were prosecuted convicted sentenced before we even got a vote on the bill mm. and that took years and that is disgusting on its face the only time we had an up or down vote on the bill was when i threw a uh, amendment procedure on the floor to a different bill that opened up the code because i was smart enough to sit there and realize if they are opening up this code provision i got a shot at Rayleigh's law we had a month like Three-hour debate on it, and it was voted down on the floor because of the homeschool lobby. Mm. but you, We've never had a you know up and down take it through committee and give it a, you know its day its day and its day for the public to have a have their people speak on it.
1: Do you think you'll have more success this year, or will it languish in committee again?
4: I think the fact that it's getting national attention raises the temperature in the room a little bit. And that, so. that usually that usually breeds success. Uh, Sean, I don't know
1: whether this is going to be a big deal or not, but it's getting big headlines right now, and that is this idea of death penalty for those who are uh, selling fentanyl and so on. Craig Blair has uh, started that. Uh, Mike Stewart uh, has jumped on that in the Senate. I don't know who others may be. Uh, is this? It's getting media attention right now, but I can't get my head around whether or not this is going to actually be a big issue or not.
4: You know, there's, we, this comes up every few years. Um, it's something that's very personal to me, Howard. You know, uh, years ago, there was a triple homicide in Ohio County, and I don't speak about this very often, but, um, you know, Debbie uh, Kniff, Buzz Kniff, Jonathan yeah. Noon, yep. they're my relatives. There's my aunt, uncle, and cousin. So this is a very personal issue. And the fact that we're bringing this up, obviously it's going to be an issue for me as well, but I could tell you years ago... Right after that, I would have been first in line to vote in support of it. But then I started practicing law, and I can tell you there are many issues with our legal profession and many issues when it comes to criminal law. And so, uh, you know, I, I I read the reports, I saw Senator Blair's comments, and he he said pretty clearly, "Well, this isn't even going to happen." So here we are. It's 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 political sensationalism. Because it'll become a hot-button issue, it'll suck up all the oxygen in the room, we'll spend a lot of valuable legislative time on it, and nothing will come from it. But you know what'll come from it? Political mailers. Yep. All this stuff that helps certain people get reelected in November.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see the mailers that, uh, you know, so-and-so, Sean Fluity or whoever, um... Supports allowing drug dealers to kill your kids. That's 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 the kind of kind of thing that uh, that we'll hear. Yeah. You know, uh, Ryan Weld was with us a, a week or so ago, and he said he didn't see any big issues out there at the, t- at the moment. Some traditional things, but no big issues. He said, "What does that mean? That means there will be something coming out of nowhere that's going to get a lot of attention. There's just going to be headline grabbing stuff." And I think that's what this death penalty story probably. Uh, probably, oh, it is. probably is.
4: Look, Howard, it's an election year. You've been doing this a long time. You know how this works. That's kind of how I got down there and started raising hell, because I realized election year politics starts the first day of legislative session. When I thought, you know, we're here for 60 days. We have limited time. We have to get to work and show something. If I went to school and only put my name on a piece of paper and didn't actually do the test, I would fail. But <laughs> in politics... You show up down there, put your name on the piece of paper, and write some sensationalized story that doesn't actually have any merit, you get straight A's.
1: Sean, a text that came in off the Stack auction service text line. Uh, What about legalizing marijuana as a way to cut down on fentanyl deaths?
4: Hey, look, I've been pushing for a regulated market. You know, you know I went out to Colorado, and met and with Governor Hickenlooper years ago when I was pushing this in West Virginia. And we have a medical program now, but it's not very sufficient. Governor Hickenlooper made a great point. He said, we went from a billion-dollar black market drug industry to a $100 million black market drug industry. His point was, when you regulate the market – You shrink the black market. And what's in the black market, Howard? All the bad stuff. Right. All the bad stuff. You know, and and that alone, if we had people who actually cared, should be enough for them to say, you know what? We need to regulate this. We need to shrink the black market because the dealers that are coming in, if we can shrink the, you know, what's available for them to spin off and put all a bunch of bad stuff into it that's, that's actually killing people, we don't want them here if you pass hey. a law that says hey we're going to have the death penalty you think a drug dealer is paying attention to that you think they really care about that hell no
1: no that's exactly they care right.
4: about what's available Like they care about who's going to come see them <laughs> right
1: exactly hey sean i gotta run uh listen i appreciate you coming on this morning we need to keep touch during the session a lot more so we can hear what you're having to say but if Absolutely. we don't, if we don't, I'll be watching because I know you speak up and are pretty loud when you're down there. You may be in the minority, but, Lord, do you have a big voice.
4: <laughs> well, that's what I try to do. That's that's what the people want me to do here in High Valley and in Wheeling. I did notice you haven't filed yet. Oh, I'll file. I'll okay. file. I'm a, I'm a busy man, Howard. You know, we all be down there. I don't do the sensationalism politics, you know. <laughs> I'll file. It'll be quiet, and I'll be ready. <laughs> all right.
1: Sean, thanks for joining me this morning, and let's do it again soon, Okay. All right, thanks. Thanks a lot. Ohio County Delegate Sean Flewarty this morning here on The Watchdog Morning Show.
6: A serious injury from an accident can be just the start of your worries. What if you cannot return to work? How do you take care of your family if you're a disabled? At Gellner Law Offices, we represent seriously injured people and understand their problem. We know how to get you fair compensation. We will work hard to make sure you get the money you deserve for your losses. Don't go it alone. If you're hurt in an accident, call us at 304-242-2900 or visit us at gellnerlaw.com.
5: We'd like to help. Is your business protected from cyber threats? In today's world, it's more important than ever to have a cybersecurity plan in place. and prepared.
2: When deciding where to dine in the Ohio Valley, think first of the Highlands with a full array of quick service choices from McDonald's, Wendy's, Five Guys, Taco Bell, Jersey Mike's, Jimmy John's, Chick-fil-A, or De Carlo's Pizza. Or you can dine in at Eden Park, Primanti Brothers, Texas Roadhouse, El Paso, or Quaker Steak and Lube. Whatever your family's in the mood for, you can find it just off I-70 at the top of the hill. The Highlands, dining, shopping, entertainment, and lodging
0: you want sports talk we got the goods all night long tune into sports map radio evenings and overnights on fm 98.1 am 1600 we are the watchdog he has his say you can have yours text us or call us and join the conversation this is the watchdog morning show with howard monroe brought to you by wvu medicine Don't let yourself go Cause everybody cries I'm
1: not laughing at you, but I love – Bob always picks a theme for the bumper music. and, And Bob is in pain yesterday and today. And uh, I want everybody to know it Howard. And, and and you know, you've done a really good job of, of really not letting it be known. Uh, we just the show's just gone on. People don't realize that you you really hurt your neck very badly. um and and Bob has been in serious pain. <laughs> but I just love that you've picked your bumper music all about hurt and pain. and uh, I didn't realize there were that many pain songs out there. I'll be really honest with you. All right, let's go over to wtrf TV, The Big Seven and uh, check in with uh, Bob Westfall, who is back from vacation. Good morning, Bob.
6: Hey Howard, how you doing?
1: I'm good. How about you? How was vacation? did you you told me you thought you' were just gonna work around the house. Is that what you did?
6: Yeah, I had some uh, a friend from Virginia came up, so she was up here for a few days and we just kind of uh, got a lot of stuff that uh, kind of fell by the wayside the last couple months done. So yeah, it was kind of nice. Nice, right. quiet.
1: That's good. That's good. well, you you deserve the break, so it's good to have you back. and uh, Brenda did uh, Brenda did okay. She was okay.
6: Yeah, yeah, I know. you know. These young kids today, you know,
1: really hard to get them into. <laughs> DK filled in one day, so she was, you know, we had DK. Sorry, oh, yeah. that. Yeah, that's good. So, But now you're back, so uh, I'm glad to, glad to have you here. It's just a crappy day outside. I, I, listen, I know that you, you're you just getting your day started. I'm almost done, and I'm going home and just going to sit down and watch TV or something while the rain comes down outside. Bob suggested some tomato soup and a grilled cheese sandwich. I'm thinking that sounds pretty good for me. But uh, it's. I suppose you'll be following the weather a good bit today over there at the Big 7.
6: Yeah, um, let's see, Adam's in this morning. I think uh, uh, Tyler will be in this evening. So, yeah, we're going to be watching this um, kind of, uh, uh, like you said, uh, rain off and on. It's just a really weird weekend, too, with, with uh, just shows you how unpredictable – weather can really be um because of the um that particular storm moved out further out into the atlantic we didn't get as much snow as we expected or any snow and things like that so yeah we've uh, we've got our crew upstairs uh they're gonna be watching this uh, uh all day uh so if you've got the weather app you will know what is going on so, <coughs> so yeah, this you should have the w- weather app
1: this past weekend and i i you know everybody everybody criticized the weather people and they're they're used to it um but I got to say Adam and the crew and Zach and Tyler all they were real clear they said the, predicting the weekend ahead of the weekend was just almost impossible. There were so many different models right. and so many different ways things could have gone. They just could say, well, here's what might happen, but it was just a really unusual weather cir- uh, circumstances this past weekend. So, uh, yeah. keeping keeping Storm Tracker 7 on your phone is a good way to stay with the immediacy of that sort of stuff.
6: Right. So I mean, I thought they did a fantastic job. Like I said, with the, with weather being pushed out to the Atlantic, um, you know, just just a few miles makes a little bit of difference. So that 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 was a fantastic job by our crew. So, I mean, fantastic for them. So, um, you know, can't complain.
1: It's really yesterday's story, but uh, the uh, the Chester Bridge what's that the Jennings Randolph Bridge that they uh, reopened that last night. I guess right.
6: Yep, uh, both uh, uh, one lane beach direction. Jennings Randolph Bridge is reopened. Repairs were made, um, so uh, we'll that saga continues. Um, so we'll see what happens. Obviously, the Market Street Bridge is still closed um, in Steubenville. So, um, but you still got the uh, Brilliant Bridge going.
1: Yeah, I guess for all my joking about the bridge to nowhere and stuff, it. It it is helpful to have it now in place, especially when both of those up river bridges were down. So Right. I guess there's a reason for it. What else are you working on, I should ask?
6: Alright, some things we're working on today is, uh, we've got a going to the Burke County Commission. It's the first meeting of the Commission of the Year. Uh, they'll probably be swearing in a new president of the Commission. Taylor Long will be there for that. Uh, got an update on the Life Hub. Uh, looks like there are plans to increase the number of beds at the Life Hub. Uh, we're going to be talking to John Looney on that. Uh, DK is there as we speak. Uh, cover West Virginia Day uh, coming to the end of getting um, covered by the Affordable Care Act. Uh, they are going to be in two locations here in Northern Panhandle. Uh, uh, Change Incorporated in Weirton, and Ohio County is I'm drawing a blank. They're doing something. Uh, a health department, a Wheeling, Ohio <laughs> County Health Department. Uh, so they'll be there today. So if you if you want to get check out the Affordable Care Act, see if you're eligible. Uh, that would be the two places to go here in the Northern Panhandle, and uh, that's kind of what we're working on today. Still, just dealing with the weather right now.
1: Yeah, that's a big deal. Uh, the Life Hub, uh, as I understand, they're already their beds have been full already. So adding more beds is really crucial to them for the freeze shelter to get people out of the cold um, and we're going to get colder uh, next week's going to be even colder if i i think that's what adam had to say so uh, that right. free shelter yeah. is is really important for for the homeless so hopefully they can add more beds we'll see what uh, dk reports for us coming up a little bit later on all right well, people can right. check it all out on tv at noon 5 6 10 11 30 the region wide show always on the award winning website wtrf.com and with the smartphone app for storm tracker 7 and the news app set for push notifications You're all set. You know what's going on as soon as it happens. Bob, welcome back. Glad you're here. We'll talk to you again tomorrow.
6: I do have one question for you. Yes, sir. How can you you work in Wheeling, live in Wheeling, grow up in Wheeling, home of country music, and not know sad songs?
3: Well,
1: it's, well it's, now I know sad songs. The, you have to understand, there's a distinction. Bob is doing pain songs today, hurtful songs. You know, it's usually it's like, oh, my heart hurts. No, this was like, my body hurts, my pain hurts. He's He hurt himself, and, uh, and, and he wants us all to suffer along with him, I guess, or something. I don't know. Okay. Well, I, I feel your pain, Bob. There you go. All Thank right, you, sir. Bob. Hey, uh, talk to you tomorrow. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Welcome back. Bye, guys. All right, uh, coming up. You, you did good all day, and then I did something wrong. Well, again. we're not
2: going to join him tomorrow. Tomorrow's Wednesday, Howard.
1: We're not going to talk to him tomorrow.
2: But you did so good. I was, you know, maybe I should have let that one go. You should
1: I should you know what? I thought we did a good show today. I had fun. You, you look, cheered me up, Howard. Let me tell you, and I say that because. I walked out of here yesterday so depressed. I thought the nine o'clock hour of our show was just a mess. I'm sorry. I it's I, I just I can't say it was just a mess. Did you burn that tape yet, Howard? I should have. I should have. Because it just I just didn't. I didn't. I wasn't. My guest canceled. That happens. I didn't have the stuff to back up when the guest cancels, which is crazy. And I just wandered around and geez, yeah. So. But today, I felt like we did good. Listen, Mike Wolfield, first I think it's the first time I've had him on. Uh, but I'll have him back. He was very good. I enjoyed talking to him. Never can go wrong with the puppet master, Sean Flewharty, Um And, and Tom Scutari is just a, a delight I love his poetry as well as his hard reporting from the Pentagon. So, good stuff. And uh, I even like the pain songs for (laughs) for, for music. (laughs) Hoppy Kirchhoff is coming up next, uh, statewide talk line. And then uh, Bob and I, well, hopefully Bob and I will be back tomorrow morning, 7 o'clock, another go-around of the big gig right here on the Watchdog Morning Show.
0: WKKX Wheeling, FM
3: 97.7, AM 1370, WVLY, Moundsville.